Shelby, thank goodness this wasn't you stacking the upside down. The amount of Taylor Swift we would have had to have learned, uh, listened to, uh, yeah. calling you forth. I know. Honestly, it would have been hard for you, too. You would have been like Eddie, not able to find a song that would work for me as you just troll through. Now, we have pretty similar taste. I feel like even Carly Rae Jepsen would be enough to like get me out, you know? I feel like the bigger challenge would be, I don't know if I've ever seen you run, I feel like you have like sort of a slow like saunter usually. Uh, that so is my speed. Yeah. You'd have been really like taking your sweet old time getting out of yeah. here. But I You've have been like Vagna. Can you slow, just hold up for a second? I, I have been known to like inspire a dance party, so I feel like Vecna wouldn't be able to resist the groove we found ourselves in. So you he'd have be distracted. A dance party? Where? Oh yeah. Oh. When? Every single roommate I've had has been like, I don't like to dance, but then I find the right tune. I I bring the right energy, also, and everyone's. <laughs> My roommates? You've had multiple roommates who are like, I don't like to dance. They sound horrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But that's the thing is, you know, you come from a sheltered background. It's like not a vibe. You don't know how to feel. And I, I'm i the bridge. I'm the connector. Mm. I'm, the, I'm the Kevin Bacon to their sad little footloose town. I think that I'm in the upside down. And all of a sudden I hear... <laughs> How come every time you come around my London, <laughs> London Bridge, why not go down from the speakers? That's I didn't what... know that was your jam. I, mean, I don't know I if just... we've ever even acknowledged Fergie on this podcast. I feel like if we, like if they were playing like an old school jam that was supposed yes. to like connect to me, like I would just, yeah. th- that, I feel like that would, is what would come like on. Like anything from junior high, like Nelly, yeah, hit the floor, yes, any of that. Apple I bottom feel jeans. Like it would... <laughs> Jimmy, um, let me see you one two. You step. know Love what? I need that Chumbawamba. You would have to Chumb- find Chumbawamba on your phone, and it would be the moment where you finally get it. It clicks for you. Meanwhile, they 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 start playing the cha cha slide. I'm like, ah, I'll just stay in here. I'll st- I'll stay in here. I'll 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 die. I'll let him eat me. Yeah. I'd love I'd love a few broken bones instead of having to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's nice of them. They did Kate Bush. She got $2.3 million from streaming over this song over the last month since the Stranger Things premiered. So Uh, not bad for one. I mean, I guess I can't say one hit wonder. I do not know Kate Bush's career. And to any Kate Bush, you know, truthers out there, I totally respect her career that she had at one point. But 2.3 million. I don't think she was a one-hit wonder because I don't even think this was her most popular song. Oh, okay. Perfect. Because that song, Wuthering Heights, I think was bigger than this. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't know it. I had just heard it. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe someone sang jokes. it on American Idol or something at some point, and that's how oh, I knew. Okay. Right. I was reading an article, though, about this, and they, like, wrote the scripts, of course, yeah. And they just sort of had like Max's song TBD in there. Oh, yeah. And then the music person, and they were like, hey, like, find us something that works here. 
and they found the Kate Bush song, but Kate Bush doesn't often give up the rights to her music. So the music supervisor had to put together like all of these scripts and things and to try to get the Kate Bush song approved. And in the meantime, she was like trying to figure out other songs that could possibly be the backup if they didn't use, if they couldn't get the rights to that one. But then it turned out that Kate Bush was a Stranger Things fan, (laughs) supposedly, even though she's like 70. So I don't like, Hey, I mean, she is uh, like, I don't, she's like an old British woman. I sort of feel it's slightly unlikely that she was like, oh, I absolutely love Stranger Things, but I guess, I guess. It's a big show. Like, my parents watch it. I guess that's true. <laughs> it's the more the British thing to me. Like, is Stranger Things big in the UK? That's what well, I want. And Millie know. Bobby Brown, you know, she's Millie British. Uh, Mi- Millicent Robert Brown. <laughs> uh, there's so much to talk about. We're talking about the new <laughs> season of Stranger Things. Yes. Season four, parts yeah. one and two. Part one came out back in May, I believe. Shelby watched it then. June, I but yeah. did not. Um, and instead, and I, I was, warned you. you I warned did. you multiple times on this podcast that it is a long season and that you should get started. That is true. And I said, no, how long could it possibly be? Turns out infinitely long. Every episode is six days. And (laughs) there was seven in the original. And then only two in the second part, which again lulled me into a false sense of security. But the last episode is over two and a half hours long, which is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. It's longer than The Shining. I was watching it last, uh, like last, yesterday I was watching a bunch of episodes. (laughs) I was watching it this morning. I was watching it last night, just trying to get ready for this podcast we skipped the pcr so that i could watch more stranger (laughs) things we are recording this like two days after we normally do so that i could watch stranger things and my life has been all encompassed by this season are you glad about that because we were fans we've been fans of stranger things i've loved all three seasons um happy with all of them we talked about stranger things season three on this podcast yes um we were fans so yeah. how are you feeling about this one? I guess, th- so this is what I'm feeling. I like Stranger Things. Like, I, I found myself enjoying this season despite the fact that the episodes I felt like were too long. So. Um, but I guess I'm getting a little fatigued. And luckily we only have one more season left. But yeah. it's sort of the same format for every season of... There's some sort of alien creature thing from the upside down. It's wreaking havoc in some way, shape, or form. And Hawkins, the people of Hawkins aren't really realizing that. Then our group of main characters finds out about this. They usually have to split up and go on various parts of an adventure. And then in the end, we get a big battle scene, which usually involves Millie Bobby Brown's Eleven fighting against whatever the monster of the season is. Mm-hmm. And I felt like watching this season in the first couple episodes, I thought, oh, like maybe this like maybe this is sort of heading in a slightly different direction because it had the, you know, the other seasons have been like, oh, there's a monster that's loose in Hawkins for the most part. And this season was, oh, there's somebody like... Uh, accessing people's dreams and i thought it was maybe somehow not connected to or or less connected to the (laughs) upside down of the previous versions turns out it we basically watched the first three seasons over again 
with this. It was very similar to the last three. And not that I didn't enjoy it. I was just like, it's longer. And we're basically watching the same things happen yet again. And I don't know, I was, I'm just a little bored of it. And I feel like hopefully the fifth season, because it's the finale, will do some different things. But I'm not sure that's possible. Yeah, I was really excited for this show. And almost immediately, I was like, huh, I don't, I don't know if it's working in the same way. And part of that is obviously they had this hiccup in production where the kids aged dramatically in real life, but they were only, it was only like taking place months after the last season. So everyone looks like an adult. It's but insane to see. I wasn't hung up on that. <laughs> yeah, I, feel like, I, mean, I feel like it's Mike weird for the first crazy. couple minutes when they're like, oh, we haven't seen each other in four months. And you're like, uh-huh. yeah. but then sort of once I got past the time jump between the third and the fourth season, and I was just like, okay, these people look older. Because yeah. it's not like they're in school or anything, really. So right. I was like, yeah, no. okay, I can believe that the yeah. like, I'll, I'll just pretend that these are all 11th graders and I'll be fine. Yeah, I guess. Sure. But it was kind of more, they had this tangled web of a setup, um, which is that obviously part of the group has moved to California. Um, the, the buyers and 11 now going, going confusingly by like Jane or something when it's like, why don't you just go by L? But I guess she has a fake ID. So maybe that was it. But Anyways, they're in school, they're struggling, but she's excited for spring break because her boyfriend, Mike, is going to come visit her, and Nancy is supposed to come visit too, but Nancy doesn't end up coming because there's trouble in paradise, (laughs) and so the Indiana crew is your usual, you know, Steve the Babysitter, uh, Robin, Dustin, Lucas, who's now a cool kid on the basketball team and doesn't want to hang out with the D&D crowd, even though last season it was also acknowledged that Mike didn't want to do the D&D anymore, but whatever, it's fine. Um, the D&D is run by Eddie, who is a new character, who's a new character who's failed to graduate. So it's probably like 19 or 20, technically, because it says it's his third attempt to graduate senior year. But looks like he's 28. But looks like he's 28. Um, And then Lucas is now sort of buddy buddies with the basketball leader, who's this very blonde, all-American jock. Um, there's Jason. a lot of, there's a lot of new characters yes. in this season and some of the characters who were more minor, I feel like in previous seasons, yes, such as Lucas's sister Erica. and, um, Robin who wasn't like huge, huge and the, um, conspiracy theory guy yes. all now have bigger parts it and they so bloated. And they sort of start in two factions of like, there's the people who are in California and the people who are in Hawkins, but that quickly spirals off into about eight different groups and (laughs) storylines. Yes, because the, it's, it's messy. It feels really messy. You know, the first few seasons, it's all very straightforward, even in its own mess. But this, you have the different locations, you have the different storylines, obviously the big, twist I guess from the end of season three is that Hopper is in fact alive and is being kept in a Soviet Union prison camp um it's never really explained how they evaporated him across the world yes Uh, 
at all. It's just Very like, confusing. oh, they somehow caught him before Joyce noted noticed he wasn't dead. Well, I don't know. Also, they somehow, and this again is not really explained and comes in is comes out later in the season, but they also have like several demigorgons and the mind flayer. Yeah, like a piece of the mind flayer. Both cloud. also yeah. like in their um ownership at yeah. this camp in Russia. I think that the I the season it's clearly set up for a finale they have planned. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like they said they had the finale and they sort of worked backwards from that. And I think because it was the fourth season and you know like the the first season is you know the um it's very, uh, you know, it's just like the standard. And then the second one, you get the Halloween season. And then the third one is obviously like the summer mall season. So like those, they're each sort of getting bigger in their sort of theme and scope. And so I think they wanted this one to get out of Hawkins and to have things that were going on in other but places. <laughs> but I feel like all of that stuff doesn't work very well. Or they yeah. basically could have done a equivalent version of it in Hawkins which would have made it better because then the characters could have interacted more because yes. I think that the stronger the strongest parts of this season are all of the stuff that takes place in Hawkins with the characters there the plot line that involves Jonathan and Mike and Will out in California I think is really really weak the Russia stuff oh, of, of Joyce stuff. and Hopper was always boring and whenever they went oh, back it to it it was so like Ugh, so it frustrating just like pulled the action to a dead stop. It, it was, was reminiscent so of whatever season it was where Nancy and Jonathan were like went on the road trip to the conspiracy theory guy's house. Oh yeah. Like remember how boring that plot line was? This was yeah. a similar <laughs> thing. And they would at one point there was a whole episode where they didn't cover the Jonathan um, group at all. Yes. And then it cut to them in the next episode. And I was like, I had completely forgotten about them and I did not miss them once. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. And you could tell why they did. Cause most critics agree that the Russia stuff, especially could have just been one standalone episode, cleaned it up perfectly fine. It was so unnecessary the way they kept circling back. They would get in prison to get out of prison to get caught again. It was so exhausting. And then they were trying to do it because they wanted this big finale moment where all the different storylines were having their big battle at the same time. But it it just highlighted again how low stakes the Russia stuff felt because it was like his battle was fighting a demodog. Like it's like we've been here before. We know this will go fine. It was so unmoving and it just kept frustrating me that not only were we meant to care about Hopper, but we were meant to care about Hopper finally hooking up with Joyce. And we were meant to care about Hopper and Joyce needing to get out of Russia, which meant they needed to care about the 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 two-timing pilot who needed to care about what the other Russian thought about him being a two-timing pilot. And it was just like, oh my word, these pieces do not matter and they're not as interesting as they think they are. And I think it's because the Duffer brothers have done this magical thing where every new character they've introduced, we've all actually loved. Like Max in the second season, Robin in the third season. And so I think they got cocky and wanted to introduce more and more new characters and prove that it's like, oh, yeah, we love a good character. But yes, you have Eddie, you have the Russian guard who's helping Hopper, then you have the the pilot who's helping them, and then you have the stoner who's friends with... Um, 
Yeah, and then there's yeah, and then there's all of the other people in the high school group. <laughs> yeah, it's too but, many. I mean, they needed like some cannon fodder, so I think that's why some of these characters got added in. But yeah, I I they they obviously wanted everybody ev- all of these characters to have separate plots, and I think that some of the plots just had more action in them by their creation and so though and so they needed to stretch out some of the like weaker plots to be to fill up (laughs) that gap that the major plots were taking i mean basically it was like the hawkins plot lines were interesting and those were going to take a little while to unfold because you're basically killing one person per episode you know and and there was so then to counteract that, we had to have all of the stuff in Russia, and then also all of the stuff with the people on the road trip, like, oh, we're going to see Dustin's old girlfriend, oh, we're going to wherever. I feel like what's interesting is I felt like this season was kind of like a arduous to get through, and yes, there were things I liked, and yes, there were interesting points, but it felt like a lot of the highlights of past seasons became an albatross around the Duffer Brothers' neck, but... A lot of people love this season. Like, a lot of people think this is one of the best seasons of Stranger Things. And that has surprised me and flummoxed me and left me aghast. So I'm curious where you fall. Well. Because you watched it all together. I think it's hard to rank them. Because like like I said, I think that had this been, like, the first season, which, I mean, I know it can't, but, like, had I had watched less Stranger Things before I watched this, I think I would have liked the season more. I think that the things that I, I think this, I just had a little bit of fatigue. Yeah. In general, though, I think this season did have some really strong elements to it in that the sort of, so I guess to set up the premise, let's sort of go by plot lines and let's talk about the Hawkins plot line first because I think that's the best one and the most <laughs> interesting but like the basically the hawkins plot line is that there is some kind of bad guy who we come to learn's name is vecna or that's what they're calling him um and he is kind of stalking people in town um in a freddy krueger nightmare on elm street sort of fashion where he's giving them hallucinations they're sort of going into a trance he kills them in the trance and then they're also their bodies are left behind in the town and people think that there's some kind of serial killer going around so for the first couple episodes it's just people you know sort of dying one by one and then eventually the crew of people who are in hawkins who are our heroes led by Dustin and Steve mostly and Nancy are kind of running around town, like trying to un- unsolve this mystery and figure out who this person is, how they're in the upside down and then how they can defeat it by going back into the upside down to kill them. And I think that that plot line is really interesting and not like something we've really seen before on Stranger Things. Yeah, like the first co- the first couple seasons we have, you know, like uh like a- Monsters, alien animals yeah. running around. We had Will sort of being possessed, but in a weird way in the second season. Um so I felt like that was really effective and really creepy. And a lot of people were talking about how scary this season was in comparison to some of the others because it had more of a horror element in that setup. So I think that that's really strong. And I honestly feel like the stuff, 
with the characters that were in that plot line was fun. Like, I think Dustin had a lot of fun stuff to do in this season. Steve and Nancy and Robin were all entertaining. I found Nancy much less unsufferable than I normally do, I think because she was split off from Jonathan. Um, Erica's funny. Abby, the new character who is in this plot line, I think is the character that the most people liked coming out of this. Like a lot of TikTok has been very pro Eddie. Um so I think that storyline is really, really well, strong. And, Max. and yes. Oh and Max, yeah. of course. And Lucas. And Max, I think, is the MVP of this season yeah. and is incredible because she's one of the people who's stalked by Vecna. There's this scene at the end of episode four, I think, yeah. where they realize that you have to play music in order to help the person escape from Vecna. So they play that Kate Bush song that we were talking about. And that like calls her back to the real world. I think that's the best scene in the show yeah. or in this season. So I think that there are a lot of really strong points to it. And if you focus on that plot line, it's really solid. There's just a bunch of other stuff that I think is weaker. That's sort of hanging around. And then also this season really, for the first time gets into a lot of the mythology of like where the upside down came from, how it was created or, or like how like an Eleven's backstory and the lab and how all of those pieces fit together, which I found sort of slightly confusing. I think because I hadn't, I couldn't remember all the details from the earlier seasons. Yeah. But I think if you were, if your complaint from the first three seasons was like, we don't like, we didn't learn enough about, how all of this was created that this season also would ha- appeal to you. Um, so I think those are the two strongest pieces of it. Yeah. I, <laughs> so counterpoint, um, I didn't find it scary and I'm a baby and I felt like it was almost like too neat how it was concerned with like mimicking. I don't know. I, I felt frustrated by how it seemed to treat its audience like dummies <laughs> where we needed everything explained and then re-explained and it was constantly like regurgitating information because again everyone was coming to the conclusion on different on different locations at the same time so it was constantly like we were getting this backstory of I mean, I guess, like, spoilers or whatever, obviously, but the whole twist is that Vecna is actually this character in Eleven's mind, uh, I mean, in Eleven's past, who was, who turns out to be number one, who she vanquishes after he, I don't know, inexplicably assassinates the entire uh, program that Papa had put into functionality. And one... I'm not trying to brag, but I thought that was pretty obvious from the outset of this season is that one, they're the same people and two, that he is the mind flayer and the architect of the upside down. You, I did not get that at all. I felt like, I mean, I wasn't sure if this person was was had created the mind flayer if vecna was a servant of the mind flayer if there were two separate things going on in the upside down i didn't i didn't connect that and also i feel like the person who he's playing number one is like i as we went along i 
was like, okay, this person is a bigger part, so they must be connected to yeah. the Vecna plotline. But I felt like initially for the first bunch of episodes, they didn't, because he wasn't even really a main character. Like, he's sort of just, like, in her visions, but not even in a major way. You know what's funny is that in the credits, I didn't pick up on this, but people on Twitter were like, they really shouldn't have credited the same actor because he plays Vecna and Henry and is listed as such even in episode one. <laughs> Oh, so there was kind of a spoiler, but I guess it was more, I found myself frustrated because it felt like every storyline was really silly and like overwrought. Like, like obviously I'm all for a let's fight the monster, love the upside down stuff. Like the energy wise that like Nancy was bringing and all that I was fine with, but it just became kind of illogical in a way that was inexcusable, especially since the larger story of the Hawkins is that they are framing, everyone thinks Eddie is responsible because it's it's trying to tie into this like 80s demon fear that was happening at the time, the anxiety that was like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal equals demonic cults. And so they have this whole storyline where he's wanted for the murder of these kids and then jason the jock is obsessed with like this puritanical like we have to stop this dungeons and dragons cult that's helping him and because well because well, they killed his girlfriend. yeah but and, he like and then he gives this yeah. whole speech at the school where he riles the parents up and none of that ever really like <laughs> plays out and it just feels like every single interesting storyline is just bogged down by all this overindulgent, unnecessary, um, like, window dressing. And the other thing that was really distracting was this incessant, and I think part of it is this, this like, you're over-aware of how long these episodes are. But yeah. they loved slow-mo this season just so much slow-mo and slow panning and like long shots focused on 11 crying or papa dying or a reveal of a character coming in just in time or whatever it was it just always had to be done with this like huge red underline exclamation point sort of emphasis that began to diminish its own power because by the time you get to the finale where it's like 11 shows up in the dream and there's a slow pan to her it's like we already like know this and you're slowing down the action to basically pause for applause it felt like and so it just became more and more like arduous to get through because you knew that there would be 20 to 30 minutes added to each episode just to make room for these moments that didn't need to take as long as they did (laughs) I think that all of this is just com- uh, compiling because of the episode length. Yeah. Where you're already sort of like I I honestly think that a lot of a lot of the issues from this season have to do with the episode length. Well, I think we agree editing is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, but not even not even like the the not even like, because I didn't really have an issue with the slow-mo and stuff necessarily, but I think it's just that the episodes were all so long because yeah. most of them were like an hour and 15 at least. Yeah. And were a lot of them were up like near an hour and a half, 90 minutes. And that's a long time to be sitting watching a t- TV episode when, you know, normally 
episodes of things are between like 40 and 50 minutes. So it just feels long when especially you're watching a TV show and especially if you have if you're like binging it at all. Um, and so I think that when you're sitting there and you're kind of like, okay, like let's like let's get on with it. And then they do a slow motion scene. That's frustrating. And then they go to Russia and that's frustrating. And it's just like it's already slow moving. And then or these episodes are already so long. And then when you get to the back half of an episode and there's something dull or <laughs> that feels lengthy, it's frustrating because you're like, let's just get on with it. I think that had they made this season like 14 episodes and basically just kept all of the exact same stuff and just sort of shuffled it around a bit to make it so that it the episodes were all like 40, 50 minutes, it would have felt quicker, even though it was exactly the same. I also think that they could have easily like I think if they had taken the non-Hawkins plot lines and sort of condensed them more into the first half of the season and then brought all of those characters back to Hawkins for the second half of the season, it would have also felt less cluttered. I think the fact that you're in these final sequences and you realize that you have to cut back and forth between like eight different groups of people is it just makes like even five minutes of the actual like timeline into 45 minutes because we have to see, okay, well, what's (laughs) happening in Russia? Well, what's happening with 11? What's happening with the people who are around 11? Well, what's happening with Steve? Well, what's happening with Eddie? Well, what's It's like, it's just, it's so many plot that even like the shortest things take forever to get through. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It could have been more palatable that way, but I still stand by that. I think this season is one of the worst, like storylined, I felt like everything that happened could you could poke a hole in it so easy. It's like, well, um, what were those government officials looking for eleven? And then as soon as they as soon as she like rode off in her pizza truck, it was like, oh, never mind, no big deal. Like, we'll just let her go. She she brought down the helicopter because there's no way out of here. And like and the just everything about it, like why did the Soviet Union have this? And how did this happen? I thought it would be like some sort of time jumpy, like we realized we could, like, how did he get to Russia? It makes no sense. And then on top of that, how did they get out of Russia? Because they have this like whole finale in this show that made me more mad than even like the Harry Potter 20 years later epilogue where they have like gray streaks and Albus Severus shows up. And it's like this, like this finale episode ends with this big showdown that was cool. Like, this is a very showy, expensive season. They had, like, $20 million an episode. This is Netflix's, like, you know, love, favorite thing on planet Earth. And so every, like, the big finale is very cool. But then it suddenly cuts. You have this really emotional moment with Max dying. And I was honestly, like, all for it because it felt so sad and like obvious that someone needed to die in this situation and I liked that Max had her closure I liked that Lucas had his time to shine and it Lucas acted the shit out of that scene and it was so beautiful and so moving and then suddenly it's just implied that Eleven can bring back lives like what is that (laughs) and I was left with so many questions that were then not answered in this epilogue where it cuts to two days later with the crew finally making it to Hawkins, which is sort of like, like, 
I was so confused by the ending that I'm literally still trying to process it. Well, they. I think the thing is they they wanted some kind of closure to wrap up a bunch of the a more emotional plot lines of this season. So they needed the characters all back together and they needed them to have like to be able to have conversations because I thought I mean when you see Hawkins like ripped up yeah. by the earthquake or whatever you're like okay well that means we're going straight into the second into the final season it's going to sort of be all hell yeah. but they they need it they need a little bit of a reset so that people can all have you know like their emotional conversations and they're not like just going straight into battle so I think that's why they kind of had to come up with so is it implied like, that since Eleven is able to bring her back from death, it kind of holds the mind flayer at my, bay? Or is it just that he ripped a shred, he ripped a hole in Hawkins, but decided to take a break in the meantime? I think that it's... Because they're surprised when when the dust starts falling and they realize that the... I, hole is on I fire I think that again. what they think has happened, or I think the thing with... Um, uh, Sadie Sink's Max, character, yeah. Max, yes, is that she or that like Eleven sort of puts her hand on her chest, and in my mind, what is happening is that Eleven is like using her forces to sort of like CPR. restart her yeah. heart. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I got out of it because then they say like, oh, she hasn't like she did she was She's she didn't breathe or she was dead for a minute and then she came back and she couldn't breathe and it just it was like language of sort of CPR but they just didn't know how to say mm. that so that's what I took away from that moment. I think that because they thought they had killed Vecna and then sort of mm. and then Sam or Max dies and it's sort of a like oh this clause of a contract or whatever was still <laughs> hanging on even though the main person was dead kind mm-hmm. of that it sort of kick-started the earthquake and whatnot right. that Vecna had set up ahead of time but that Vecna was dead or was injured or right. something um sort of like a, a Voldemort at the end of, or at the beginning of the Harry yeah. Potter series where he's like lurking around you know he's not gone but he's also not well and I think they thought well because Vecna didn't because we hurt him so bad and also because he didn't show up right away that maybe he's sort of you know licking his wounds and getting his act together and then at the end of the season in those final moments with like Will and the dead plants that they realize oh maybe he's back quicker and has more power than right. we thought he did yeah and then the other thing that was frustrating is sort of the lord of the rings return of the king multi-ending situation where it was like the kids reunite and then they inexplicably go to hopper's cabin and start cleaning it just to well, have because no, that's where they're putting that's where they're gonna hide a yeah yeah but it's just like a weird it's a weird series of events and then ultimately Hopper reunites with her but it was strangely kind of like well, that's that's the annoying thing because they kept all of those people sequestered for the entirety of the yeah. show and they didn't bring back the California and the Russian crews earlier those scenes that you could have interspersed within right. like episode seven and eight. They all had to be at the end. And so it's like, obviously Jonathan and Nancy need some kind of Ugh, scene together, yeah. but we, Ugh, but <laughs> that can only happen after the end. So I think they just had to sort of figure yeah. out like, okay, there's about 10 scenes that we need to have take place for 
you know, just like the emotional plots of this season, but those characters are separated. So instead we're going to have to put them all like one after another, (laughs) after another, after another at the end, which is why we had to go through like the, Oh, and now we're going to have the scene with Robin and the girlfriend and the peanut butter. Now we're going to have, we forgot to write Mike Lyons. So I guess he's going to give a speech right now in the, right (laughs) in the battle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess I'm curious, like, obviously we talked about your favorites, but were there part, what was your least favorite part? I mean, the I felt like the California plot line yeah. was by far the m- most stupid. Like the, the like, road trip to find L. Yes. The, the Russian plot line was also bad, but the Russian plot line, I think, had they trimmed it a bit and ended it earlier could have been interesting and then also like if they could have explained why they were there so watchable like he's so he's such an winona ryder is good um and the actor who the the russian actor who i think is actually german or polish like like they're all competent people (laughs) so they're like fun to watch in scenes the problem with the California group is that it was really probably the worst the actors because Noah Schnapp is so awkward now that he's like in the middle school era. Same with um the uh, same with Finn Wolfhard, and so both of those characters are bad. Jonathan has always been a terrible character, and I think that they tried to liven the three of them up with this new their beloved um sort of comedy. stoner yeah. <laughs> yeah character who's in a bunch of Netflix comedies, but. I don't know. They just didn't have anything to do. And so they were driving around and ended up in a bunch of different places and with different plot lines that didn't really make sense. It sort of felt like they were just spinning the, their wheels. So that was Honestly, the Honestly, the Mormon subplot in this movie, do, in this show, does a better job of highlighting the weird Mormon culture quirks than all of Under the Banner of Heaven. So if you were looking for some Mormon representation, she has... Uh, they have a stint in Salt Lake with um, Dusty Bunny's girlfriend. Yeah, I was just so confused by that whole plot line because I was like, are there parents here? Like, no, like, never. Th- always... There are at one point, but it's just <laughs> like children church. running amok and they all are doing like, yeah, it felt like so... a scene from like the first half of Nanny McPhee. That's literally, that was so nostalgic for me. Just the absolute chaos and the parents being like, we had a litter of kids so they could watch the rest of the kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But no, yeah. Again, absolutely weird and unnecessary and unexplained. And then, honestly, the entire Eleven stuff, like, she lost her powers end of season three, whatever, inexplicably. It's fine. Then she's, like, being tortured at school, which is really sad. And they try to pin this, like, mass murder on her at the beginning, um, which actually is happened right this was released right during the week of uvalde the school shooting at uvalde and they had to put a warning up at the beginning of the episode that was like sorry about this uh timing's bad but we filmed this years ago and it might be upsetting to you and it is pretty upsetting and they try to imply that 11 is like a secret mass murderer and might not be that in control of her dark side as we thought well, she does smash then, a girl yeah. in the face and with a roller blade she, at one point. When she doesn't have her power. Well, she tries to, like, freaking 
you know, hurt her with her powers, doesn't have them. Yeah. More humiliated and then smashes her in the face with a roller skate. And Will even is like, I mean, Mike is even like, whoa, I don't know if I can like appreciate, like, it seems like there's a storyline where it's like, oh, maybe you aren't like, maybe I shouldn't be dating you right now. Like maybe you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> but that all gets wiped away and she goes on to like try and. Yeah. You forget that that even yeah. <laughs> happened because then, because then she gets kidnapped yeah. and taken to a facility where it then turns out we Papa's go through the alive. whole thing. Papa's alive and he's going to help her get her powers back by going back and having her yeah. like relive her traumatic past, which I think that it it was so long. we needed her to lose her powers because obviously that like her she's solved everything right. with her powers previously so it makes sense that now she's doesn't have them yeah. um to give us more dramatic tension. We also did need to go back and hear get more of her backstory, but I just think we didn't it was, it was like too much and also not enough at the same well, it was time. Well, because the and, good oh, the good doctor was there to help her. Then Papa comes and it's like, oh, he might be good too. But then they're like, we're gonna go help Hawkins. And then he he's like, no, you're not, and holds her hostage. And then the other bad government people come, and it's like there's a lot going on in that storyline that did not need to happen. And you could have had the same realization that oh, it was Papa. Papa was the bad guy all along, which we knew from season one, but whatever. Eleven figured it out too. Complex trauma, we get it. Um, and we could have had all that without all this weird government stuff, like all this extra nonsense, like background noise, basically. And it just like more and more felt like what this need season needed was like a heavy edit, like just a streamlined story to kind of help get the pieces back into place because it all, even as it was happening, felt like this is just to get to season five. Like it's not I, a standalone in the way the other ones have been. But I think that the the plot line in Hawkins, I think worked like almost perfectly. And that the problem with the rest <laughs> of the plot lines was that they were trying to add stuff yeah. to them to stretch them out to give to make them the same length. Yeah, I think for that sure. had you made the rest of them shorter, it would have been fine yeah in a lot of ways i mean the problem also, with the hawkins plotline is that they were holding vecna off by just not letting him take max so then why did they rush to put max in harm's way as a distraction as bait thus leading to the action of the finale well they because they thought that they would need to that when Vecna was in inhabiting Max's mind, they'd be able to no, kill No, I Vecna. know, but why not just wait until until the until she finally gets sick of Kate Bush and she's like, you know what, this song's not doing it for me anymore. We gotta figure this out. Like, why not wait long? I think they were trying to like make it unexpected. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess I mean it it makes and then they also had more control over what it was happening and, and rather than just like waiting for her to get sick of it and then yeah. have him like get her in her sleep yeah. or something um what i think makes less sense is why they went ahead with this before like everybody else just got back they like, didn't know where like 11 was well right but they like presumably i mean they didn't know where anybody was but presumably they think a lot of these people are just on <laughs> vacation or That's whatnot true. like it 
Like they could just wait just, at the airport for Mike. Yeah, <laughs> and be like, okay, everyone will be back in a week. Like, yeah. let's figure that out. What I want to know is how we got through seventeen hours of eleven backstory, and we didn't get a single reference to that <laughs> other superhero person yeah. from the second yeah, season. Yeah, no, that's called gaslighting. Okay, who presumably would have been there at the facility oh, with her? Well, yeah, because yeah. This implies she was what like five yeah, or whatever two, her like name five. was, and so they either would have been slaughtered while by one, or they got out before one realized eleven was as powerful as he. I don't know. It was very confusing, and they never really explained why one was being kept around, but also had a chip in him that kind of limited his powers. I presume. And, like, yes. it, why he would, if he knew that, why he'd ever let him hang out with Eleven. It was all kind of, like, convenient in some ways. Um, but it's, I mean, that's always a story, right? Like, how convenient is it that, like, season three, they figure out how to speak Russian enough to crack the code? Or, like, season two, they're able to draw. Yeah. Well, I guess even this season has Max well, drawing the... <laughs> I was going to say, I want to do an art, yeah. a BuzzFeed article that's like the strain. No one is better at arts and crafts than the Stranger <laughs> yeah. Things cast. Because the number of things that they are able to put together, drawing the drawings, um, you know, the even even the alphabet light bulb situation yeah. from the first season. Like, they're always doing an arts and crafts number <laughs> out of nowhere. It. And it's just like, wow, <laughs> these people are good. Yeah. And I will say, like, you know... I think there was, like, there were so many charming character moments, but they were so few and far between that you don't have the same payoff and, like, emotional moments as you do, even in season three, which is on my mind because it's the most recent, but, like, you know, the the never-ending story song and the death of Hopper and all this stuff, whereas this, it was, like, there's funny one-liners, like, uh, Eddie looking for the music, looking for music to save Nancy. Just too many characters. Yeah, and it was like so all like everybody got less time. And it was like they all end up at the gun shop at the same time as like Robin's girl crush and Jason's evil henchman. Yes, and so it was just like all. It felt kind of like lazy, almost like not well thought out, which I think is highlighted by the story that. People really want to believe, like similar to how Swifties read Taylor Swift's every move, they want to believe that the Duffer brothers have this like master plan that they've been laying out the hints for since season one. And well, maybe like overall they did, but but in this season they they did a title card where it was like March 24th or whatever, and they realized that that was Will's birthday canonically where his mother had said that in season two or whatever. And so they're like, oh my gosh, Will's going to be tied to this because it's his birthday and no one remembered it. And that the Duffer brothers had to come out and be like, oh, actually, no, we just forgot that. And there's been a couple like theories and stuff where they have to be like, oh, no, that's not it. Oh, that doesn't. uh, Sorry, that's implied, but no. And I think it's like they want to look at this season as like this genius chess setup for a final, a finale that'll just blow our minds. But it almost feels more akin to Game of Thrones. Not that it's to that extreme yet. But where they're picking up on what people want to see and trying to give us more of that, but also sacrificing any character growth or realistic um, arcs where like Nancy, all she can do is, you know, flip between these two boys. That's all they can think to give her to do, even though they're also giving her a gun and like some cool action. It's like, well, why does she need 
to worry about her relation to these two. Like, why build this love triangle again? Well, what do you mean? Well, because now like, instead, because I mean, because she, he. Well, what else would her plotline? <laughs> I I feel like. <laughs> well, hopefully, anything else. Like, you don't need well, to have I'm her just saying like obsessed with boys. I feel like we're four seasons in with these characters and they, even though these episodes are long, because there's so many characters and there's so much plot, it would be difficult to give people too much of a plot line that wasn't built on stuff we already had. I mean, like, even the, even like Sadie or um, like Max and Lucas's plot, I think is so good here. And both of them are you know, doing slightly different things, but ultimately their plots kind of have to be based on stuff that we've already seen from them. Like we, you can't just give them like a whole new thing. And I think the fact that, yeah, it's like, um, Nancy used to be with Steve and then she's with Jonathan currently. Like, it makes sense that her plot line sort of Except revolved around those two Steve's things. I feel like this season they, was about him hate... being over Nancy. So why is he now into Nancy? Except that they couldn't think of anything else for him to do because they wanted, they didn't want him because and Robin paired up ever again. Really, because I don't think he was ever really over <laughs> Nancy that much. And I felt like Nancy had a lot of stuff in this season where she was like investigative journalist. She was giving me like. Um, uh, what's her face from Riverdale? Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, Betty, like that, like they. I felt like they sort of gave her some of those kind of plot lines. I don't know the. I thought that the character development for the most part was good and fine. Um, in this season, I just think that it's the first three seasons were so strong, and I think they each sort of were able to do some fresh things. And I think we're just sort of running out of freshness a little bit. And so they're trying to do some new things here and they're just a little bit clunkier and farther flung. Um, I do think that this plot, like the, some of the stuff with the 11 and the revelations of like, well, not, not the monologuing, but like, (laughs) But the stuff with, like, Vecna yeah. and Papa and all of that, like, it didn't... I found it slightly hard to follow because I couldn't remember the stuff from the first seasons that well. Yeah. But I did feel like it It felt like it was not completely... Like, I wasn't getting a lost sort of, like, retconning vibe 100%. I felt like there was some revelations that we got in this season that felt like they were things that the Duffer brothers must have been thinking about early on. So I appreciated that. And I do feel like that gives me some hope for the final season that there will, that it will be tied up in a halfway decent way. And also the thing with Game of Thrones, which was frustrating, was that I think that George R. R. Martin gave them an end point and gave them a beginning and then didn't really tell them how to connect those points. And so they did a shitty job, especially because they were trying to rush it because everybody wanted the show to be done. Mm. Where in this, I think that hopefully it will make more sense and be a little bit more satisfying. Um, Honestly, the part of this show that I thought was the weirdest was the part where... Um, what's his, uh, what's, what's Finn Wolfhart's character's Mike. name? Um, Mike. Where Mike is, like, professing oh, yeah, his love for it. Eleven and being like, I have always loved you, like, ever since we met you. I'm like, y'all are 15 years old. Yeah. And yes, you might 
have these feelings and be saying these things to each other. And they might feel very real to you in the moment, because I think a lot of 15 year olds say similar types of things to each other. It feels awkward and a little bit cringy to watch as an adult. And so I felt like the amount of emphasis they were giving that scene of like, this is a timeless love. I was like, these are children. (laughs) And like, yes, they might have a friendship sort of love, but like romantic love is weird to be putting on them this extreme at this age, especially since Eleven has only been able to speak English for like (laughs) two years. And to make it the motivation, right? Like it's not, it's not just like a side, oh, I love you. It's so nice. I'm so glad we got, no, it's like, that's what inspires her. That's what gives the finale its motivation, which felt like, yeah, kind of weird and also unearned because at the beginning, Mike was kind of rude to Eleven, and it's never really explained except for him to say, oh, I just, I love her so much it scares me, basically, which, well, red flag, but um, I also... It should have just been that they're awkward yeah. teenagers who haven't seen each other in seven yeah. months. Like, yeah, when they get back together, they're both going to have so many weird emotions <laughs> that they're going to be, uh, like, not process them Yeah, well. and I just feel like Eleven already was motivated to save her friends. But then it kept changing her motivation where it's like, oh, I don't have the powers anymore. And it felt very weird to know. It was hard to track like what these power levels were (laughs) and like what they were maxing out on because she was able to like flip in aside, but then instantly she was caught and kind of like, it was just kind of confusing. I feel like he got so much monologuing in that he seemed so in control of the situation at any given moment that it was then confusing when she did finally overpower him because it's like, all she needed to hear was that Mike loved her. Like, is that really, that's all she needed was a pep talk from this little loser boy. <laughs> I don't in a know. Pizza shop. Oh, wait, wait, can we talk about the Will Byers is gay? Plot oh line? yeah. Well, he's not, not gay. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause in the first seven episodes of the season, when it was, those were released. Will is very awkward like artistic and sort of quiet, like having a hard time relating to his friends who are boys, just like a weird energy in general. And so people were like, ah, they must be setting up that he's going to come out as gay. Cause it's been and kind of implied always- throughout the seasons. Yes. And people on the internet were bringing this up. And then they asked Noah Schnapp, the actor in an interview. And he was like, well, Like, it's not, like, I don't think that we need to know what his sexuality is, and maybe we're not gonna know, um, and then it, and then they, that wasn't addressed at all in the last two episodes, so clearly whatever (laughs) arc they were trying to, or, like, whatever reasons they had for making Will the way he is in this season were not that he was going to come out as gay, at least in this season. Well, he kind of implies it with his brother, right? Isn't that how it's meant to be read? It's not like queer when? baiting. It's like when he's crying and his brother is trying to tell him, I I love you. I want to talk. I'm here if you ever want to talk about anything, right? Like it felt like a, oh, what's the other kind of, you know, gay kid coming out of the closet in the 80s going to be like? Because we had Robin come out last season, but this one is like he's much more traumatized, much more shy, much more scared and clearly in love with Mike. So it felt like, that moment where they're stirring the salt in the pizza kitchen is like meant to be 
him setting up to be like, I'm here for you, brother. Like, I love you. And they like weep together, which I agree isn't enough, but I think it was intentional. Uh, see, when I saw that scene, I thought I was thinking more about like the stuff that he had back in the second mm. season where he was like um, inhabited by right. the mind flayer, but didn't want to say anything about it, you know, like that mm. kind of thing. And so I was taking that like, I think that there is a way to read it that he is gay. And I think that with all of the hullabaloo that has come out in this season, it's very likely that they would just make him gay in the next season. Um but I wasn't. I didn't think that that was necessarily like the main reason for well, that conversation. Well, because in this season, the season opens and Eleven's like writing to Mike, and she's like, "Will keeps himself. He's working on a painting, though. I think it's for some girl." And then it cuts to Will needing to give Mike a pep talk, and it seems very obvious that Will is saying what he wants to say to Mike and pretending it's what L wants to say to Mike. And then he's like, Oh, L asked me to paint this painting, but she hadn't because she already said at the beginning that he was just painting it. And he had brought it to the airport to give to Mike. And so I think it was always Mike's. I mean, it was always Will's vision of Mike and Will thinking of Mike And so I don't want to like defend it because I think it is lazy to not just come out and say it, especially after, you know, baiting us for three or four seasons. Uh, But I think that I would be surprised if it's not an intentional part of the final season. Yeah, I can I can see that either way. I feel like they they could make it a part of the last season and it would be justified and they could also not and it wouldn't be that crazy. Um. Because also, like, they are children still. Yes. And I, and like, in today's age, I think people come out younger because they have sort of like the words and the yeah. examples of that, like, in the media. With him back in the 80s, that's not the case. Yeah. So I feel like as a 14 year old, 15 year old, you're still like very confused about all of that right. stuff. Um, well, and he's been like so, yeah. the victim of multiple homophobic slurs throughout the seasons. But who has what? Like in season one, they're constantly calling Will Will a fairy and uh, um, just constantly implying that he's gay and queer. And wait, who is all the bullies in school? I just we just started rewatching it, so it's fresh in my mind. But it's constantly referenced in regards to Will. Yeah, I haven't watched the first yeah. season of the end. However but long, so. I also will say I agree. I think Lucas and Max are the best this season. I could have done without the I really I think you know the the show's been criticized for its um treatment of its black characters and the lack of other characters. But I think this season finally gave um you know, Erica's always been sort of the sassy black friend trope, but she was able to have a moment with Lucas where they were able to share their relationship as siblings more, which was very sweet. Lucas obviously is given more to work with this season um, as far as his relationship with Max. But I did not enjoy the Jason beating him up. Honestly, the like most disturbing scene for me was when Erica is being chased by the other white jock who like throws her to the ground and like yells at her and calls her names and it's like, I'll break your arm if you move. When is this? It's when 
they are in the finale, the jocks find out that they're at the house and they're not oh, in the upside yes. down. And like they attack yeah. her in the like fort yeah, or whatever they, like, that is across the street. And then he Jason comes in and is beating up Lucas so hard. And it's yes. just like a very brutalizing scene that is unfortunate, I think. And it just felt like of all the characters to get this intense of a lashing from a very, you know, Christian white uh judgmental type i feel like they needed to add more closure to that than was given because in the end jason gets knocked out which is like you know more power to lucas he's over he overpowers him and like saves the day but then he's just kind of evaporated in this weird like scene where he doesn't even get to realize that oh yeah i was wrong not that i think jason needed redemption well he gets ripped in half yeah but i think he should have been there should have been, I think it would have been more fulfilling if there had been a moment where he's like, oh shit, I was in the wrong this whole time and then gets his just rewards, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, obviously Jason is a terrible character in this, yeah. but I, I, I felt like his actions were not like completely unjustifiable in the amount of trauma and the fact that he thought that, like, I mean, a cult of people had, like... He was beating it, up a black 14-year-old. Yes, who he thought, like, was a part of a cult that was, like, murdering people after he saw his black friend get, like, uh, you know, sucked up out of the water and broken apart in the air. Yeah. So, I... And also his girl... Like, he was obviously terrible, but I don't... Like, he didn't... I didn't... I felt like he was a much more realistic villain that made a lot more sense than like the girl with the who got hit in the face with the roller skates who was like a stock photo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting. I think uh, yeah, yeah, I think there would have been room to have an interesting conversation about the uh, you know the toxic masculinity and the way men are able to process their feelings in unproductive ways most often, but. Um, as was presented, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you can justify turning a whole town against people you don't actually know just because you're uncomfy with what maybe is going on and then not listening to people who are directly involved when they tell you that's not what's going on and still pushing the police force and then taking matters into your own hands to uh, have a, a vigilante style. I mean, yeah, yes, <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that, but also like, but yeah, yeah he's sad. He's traumatized. He's a, well, he's a one, he's a child, but then also he, he like has witnessed supernatural events and doesn't yeah. know like how to process that. I mean, it's like the, the things that he saw were not, like worldly right. things they were like like he thinks that there's demons involved at play which i feel like is a i don't know a slightly different scenario than just like um you know like in a real world cop kind of yeah. thing yeah i, I mean, think it, but prior to that he's also bad yeah i mean and he's supposed to be the villain of the season yeah in that plot line, which I think makes sense. Like he's not portrayed as a good person. Yeah. Um, Just another character. I think ultimately didn't really add anything um, and could have easily been cut for time. 
Especially because... Well, it was mostly a plot point. Yeah, yeah. More than anything. Yeah, but it, uh, for to what end? It was mostly because Lucas needed to realize he wanted to choose his friends over popularity, I think, really. Um, well, I feel like the, the, it was mostly a plot point because they needed somebody or another to be chasing... Like, to be chasing uh, Eddie and them around town. Right. T- while... In order cops. to, like, move that action forward. Yeah. I guess they could have, I guess they, I mean, they had the police, yeah. but the police are so incompetent in the show and are always used for comedic relief that they needed an extra villain. I guess they could have brought in like a government, one of the government <laughs> people more. instead. Yeah. But I also just, yeah, I love that they have this like woman government co-conspirator and they like give I a did, nod. I couldn't figure out who she was. <laughs> I don't was. know either. It was just like the She weirdest. kept popping up and I was like, who is this? <laughs> Is this someone over someone or <laughs> under someone or, re- like, yeah. related? I no. have no idea. There is a lot that just felt extra. So I'll always be surprised that by the positive reaction to this season. I think people agree it was running too long. I think people agree that maybe it bit off more than it could chew. Um, but I really felt like, and I've rewatched the seasons recently, I don't feel like it has the same heart or, like, clarity of focus that the other ones did. Um but it has some really, really, really but strong moments, I think. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's hard for me to appreciate them, though, because they're so distracted by either the pomp and circumstance of their own making or layering in so many other storylines. Because it's like, even Eddie dying, I was like, why did he do what he did? <laughs> I was like... but I. But I also think that, like, I mean, because I have this these similar reactions to things yeah. sometimes where it's like once something has sort of, like, soured right. and then it continues to go on, especially if it's lengthy, yeah. then, like, every other choice that's made, I'm like, well, and that was a terrible choice. Too, and yeah. that was also stupid. And this was ridiculous. And it's like those are all things that in a normal show or movie, like, I would have let slide. But because I was, like, sort of had my pitchfork out for it for some other reason then it just like all compiled i think this was a very like i would give this i don't know like a b as far as seasons go like i think it had some really high highs it had some low lows it was decent and for a television show that i think has been very very good up to this point um to have a season that i think is just sort of like eh, okay is fine by me like i'll i'll watch the next season i wasn't too mad at this one like i thought it was i have critiques on it but i didn't hate but what it. confuses me is that i didn't go in thinking oh i'm sick of stranger things or like ugh, i don't know if i can get through this or these episodes no, but i sort of long. think that that's like part of the issue sometimes <laughs> it's like maybe your expectations were too high yeah maybe i i mean no one in my family liked it for different reasons but then I got on Twitter and realized a lot of other people liked it. So I have been wrestling with this. I don't want to completely write it off. But I do feel like it wasn't it, – it lost some of the – like the charm of the original, probably because the cast was split up and you didn't have the same fun yeah. character moments. But then it's like, why am I justifying them turning away from what made it such a fun show, which is that it was nostalgic. It was wrapped up in these similar movies from the 80s and – it was contained in this little town and the mystery was how do these kids get into these scraps and get out of them? Whereas now it's like, but I think, Oh, I think the Hawkins part was really strong. Like I honestly think that the Hawkins plot line was stronger than the Hawkins plot line has been in some of the previous ones. But I also just, cause like whatever the season where it was like, 
was it the second season that's like um uh that's basically just all like all of the the demigorgons are like running yeah. around town and it, like I felt like that like from a sci-fi like plot line point like that is a weaker right. story like maybe the character development and other things in that season were better but I feel like the plot of that season in a upside down level was definitely weaker than okay this but was. this plot circles around Vecna and sort of his decision. Who I think is a stronger okay, plot. Okay, yeah. So his his motivation is that he's always felt like he's a he's a predator, as he says. He's always been obsessed with spiders and this ability to yeah. kill and like control. And so that's why he has these dark powers. And so then he tells Eleven that the reason he create he was able to channel the mind flayer, this like energy in this in this other world he was banished to by her powers. He realized that that was the best thing to ever happen to him because now he could become this monster. So my question is. This is so in the weeds. It is not in the weeds. This is the central message of the, this is the 20 minute monologue that Vecna gives to her while, you know, every character is tied up in the literal vines. I I think that you. This is my question. This is my question. This is my question. Okay. Okay. What's your question? He goes to this space finds this cloud of dust channels it yes does he create the upside down where he builds hawkins See, that i don't know he builds I don't hawkins from scratch and is like oh let my vines like create this why would he care about hawkins he was just there at the vet- medical facility so how did he know that destroying hawkins would hurt 11 I what are you, I am so confused. I don't think he built the upside down. It wasn't I think there when he was when he was banned when he was sent to become a sad little Grinch body without it. But clip. Uh, I don't know because there's clearly some other world of it that the mind flayer is in, and then also there's like why is the why is that world stopped at the day that they kidnapped Will? Like uh, that's also confusing to me. And I feel like a piece that we I, haven't got yeah, to. I feel like there's right. stuff Mystery. with the upside down that we don't know. Well, maybe Will, you know, is going to be the real um, foot soldier. I mean, Will's the key to something flayer. because he still has the mind flare in yeah. him. As we got to the end of this, I'm so, I'm excited for the season finale or for the final season. I think it being a final season gives them a lot of room to play around with things that they can't play around with in in you know seasons two, three, and four, where they're sort of like moving in a direction i mean i don't think they're gonna kill off a lot of people necessarily <laughs> but i think that it just gives them i bet different will die. types of things i could see 11 die. i i think they'll they'll definitely kill off i think at least one I of the main think, characters i think that max will come back and it'll be some sort of like demon pet cemetery style like oops what did we do here or she'll be like controlled by the mind flayer somehow and I bet Will will end up being an anti-hero. Hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of anti-heroes for one season, but <laughs> yes. yes. That's... <laughs> you never know. I'm excited. I read online, though, that I mean that they haven't even started writing the fifth season yet, so it'll be a couple of years before we get to that. <laughs> well, it's, so for it's some reason or another, I thought that right? they had shot them back oh, to back, no. but I guess what, guess what in my mind had happened was that they had shot the two halves of this back to back well they shot like the first they did a bunch before the pandemic then they were right. shut down yes. for a year so there's actually like funny moments where you see like 
like Max suddenly grow up a little bit more or something, but which didn't bother me, but it's just a funny little detail. Also, their de-aging on Eleven was very good. Oh, yeah, good. that was surprisingly good, especially that technology after was watching strong. Men and being like, wow, that is trash. Yes. So yes. just goes to show you what yeah. 20 million this an episode will get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked, it looked good. But yeah, no, I'll be curious to see what everyone else thinks. I, I'll probably like, you know, I don't know. I had so little fun watching it that it's hard to imagine rewatching it. Whereas watching season one again, it's like, oh, this is fun. This is charming. But I'm not like pissed. It's just disappointing. I, I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have like not have fun. Which is it. interesting because wonder... you had to binge it all in like three days. I thought you would have been burnt out. I felt out. like it was very standard Stranger hmm. Things. I mean, I haven't watched the previous seasons r- recently, but I feel like it was pretty standard. And I wonder if some of it was your like expectations being too <laughs> high going into it. Because I feel like my expectations were not high going into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, thanks and, to you, probably. <laughs> and, well, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and just sort of like... Also, your it was too much and it was too little. Okay, of like expectation. Like I wonder. I feel like if you watched it again, you wouldn't be like you would sort of know what to uh, expect. So I wonder if you would appreciate parts of it more. I don't know. Even the idea made me nauseous inside to sit through it again because it was like arduous to get through. Like honestly, I it was it not was. That bad. I did not have fun for probably seventy percent of that. I. I wanted more jokes. I wanted more interaction with the characters, but they were constantly being pinned off, paired off into these weird pairs where we had to learn a new dynamic. The first few episodes, especially, are like mostly that funny kind of. But it didn't feel funny because it was just like, oh, like I I don't know. It was just like it was just awkward mindset. (laughs) Just watching. You can talk to Rob. Maybe you were in it either. We were both just like, oh, like I don't know. It it just. The charm wasn't there. The characters weren't allowed to breathe. They were just like it, this was not. I feel like this themselves. was objectively not a terrible season. Of I'm this not show. saying it's like. Well, I don't know. I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> to say that it made you nauseous, or no, that you're nauseous idea. about watching <laughs> yes. it again, like I feel like that is unwarranted. I would fast forward through the entire was... eleven section, every single Vecna monologue, every single flashback. Fast forward. I would fast forward through most of Russia, except for when Hopper's on screen enjoying a good like banter and then kissing Joyce finally. Now you know how which I wasn't even written by the Duffer jackets, brothers. They improved it. The Duffer brothers were not going to give them a kiss, and they were like, "No, we're going to kiss." So props to okay, them. I got it. We got it. I got it. We got to get off this. I, I would fast I, forward through like half anymore. of the ending okay. of Everyone two days else, later. I apologize for this. Um, please. Go Anytime Nancy was talking Watch about how show. she didn't like Jonathan. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Goodbye.